We're going we're gonna to go deep sea diving tonight. Let's put it that way. So if you're ready for that, good. If you're not, then please be Michael me. And like start, you know, chazring something else in your head while you're here. You know what I mean? But uh, we'll see what we can do. So we're not, what we're going we're gonna to be learning tonight is not, it's not a simple idea. It's not complicated in terms of like chashboinus, but it's not a simple idea to wrap one's head around. But it is a fundamental in Yiddishkeit. It is a very, 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 very big fundamental you cite in Avedis Hashem in Yiddishkeit. And, uh, and it's a continuation from what we spoke about last week. And so we're, we're, by tonight we're still not going to have anything practical yet. But Hashem, next week it'll become more Halacha Lamaisa Avedidik. Okay, so what we started talking about last week was basically in the context of Shavuos, as you know, Shavuos is a celebration to Yontif that revolves around two tzaddikim, two neshamas, two big neshamas, Moshe Rabbeinu, it's the giving of the Torah's Moshe Rabbeinu, and David HaMelech, it's his yard site, David Malki Mashiach. And so we sp- we're beginning to speak about, and, and there's another uh, you know, tzaddik that's connected to Shavuos, which is the Baal Shem Tev, right? It's his yard site as well. And so the Baal Shem Tev, as we know, as I mentioned many, many times, Mashiach told Baal Shem, Mashiach is paving the way for Gula itself. Which means, and this is what we began to speak about last week, is that those, those two neshamas, Moshe Rabbeinu and David HaMelech, they, these are not two, when, when they're just two individual tzaddikim, two individual neshamas, that's great. But when they come together, when they become a hybrid, when Moshe and David unify, that's Gula, that's Mashiach. And so Shavuos, which is a yantif of Moshe and David, and they're unified together, that is also a yantif that's, that's celebrating the Gula Shlema. And that's why Shavuos is deeply connected to not just a, regu- not just a beginning of Gula, but Mamish Gula Shlema. Not only the Gula La'asid, as far as it being the yard side of the Baal Shem Tev, the Baal Shem Tev already is the beginning of Gula, but even Shavuos as a celebration of the end of Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim. It also means that Shavuos is connected to Gula. Pesach is Eschav the Gula, Pesach is the beginning of Gula, but it's not fully ripened yet. Shavuos is a celebration of a ripened, fully developed Gula. And just like that's true with Yitzhiyas Mitzrayim, the first Gula, so too that it's reflection of the final Gula as well. So Shavuos is a yantif that's deeply rooted in the Gula Shlema, and that takes place through the coming of Mashiach, who somehow is a unification of Moshe and David. And that's why Shavuos is Moshe and David. So what we spoke about last week was we were, we were, we were like sort of honing in on how, how would we define all the different parts, not maybe not all the parts, but a lot of the major parts of that neshama that's called Mashiach. Nishmas Mashiach. And if we could, so that, this, this was the approach. If we could sort of pinpoint what are the, what's the makeup of Nishmas Mashiach and why is it that through that specific uh, infrastructure called the Neshama Mashiach, the light of Gula comes into the world. So that will not only be, I think, something interesting to know, but it also will tell us something about Shavuos. It'll, and, and, and more importantly, it'll tell us something about our own Avayda. How do, how do we, if we, if, so in other words, if we create that sort of infrastructure in our own lives, then that'll also be a way to bring the light of Gula in our own lives. And so even before the, the collective Gula takes place for Kala Yisrael, a person has to try to find the Gula practice in their own lives. And so every single one of us has to be a little Mashiach, right? A little Mashiach in order to allow the light of Gula into our lives. So you have to know what Mashiach is made of. 
So that's what we spoke about last week. The Nishmas Mashiach is made of two components. It was ultimately it boiled down to a Gorin Sanhedrin. We're not going to go through all the, all the, the ways to get there, but Sachakal, what it came down to is <coughs> the Nishmas Mashiach, obviously physically, he's a person that is a, an anical of David Melech. He comes from based David. That, that's that we know. We know his Yichas physically. But spiritually, the Nisham of the, the Nisham Mashiach, who is he? So we saw that the Nisham Mashiach is a combination of two things: a combination of Davar Melch himself, Ish Tzamech Shemay, who Davar Ba'atzmai, and it's also the Nisham of David Sheba Moshe. Now, this is something we spoke, we saw last week from our Chaim Hakadosh that all the, that there are two, two, uh, there are two trees, so to speak. There are two roots of Knesset Yisrael where our Nishamas come from. On the one hand, we all come from the Avis Akhtayshim, the Avis, Shvatim, and so on and so forth, we're all part of that tree. But we saw from the Archaim HaKadosh that there's a deeper tree. Even that tree of the Avis is rooted in a higher tree, and that's called the tree of Maishar Avena. And so every Neshama that exists in the world of Klal Yisrael, from the Avis and the Shvatim, and that entire infrastructure of Nishmas Yisrael in that place, also has a deeper root, in a parallel, deeper root, in that world of Maishar Avena. And so Davra Melech, Mashiach Tzikenu, is a combination of Davra Melech, who, Gilgal, Davra Melech, who was, obviously Davra Melech was, was a soul, a huge, a very, very big, important neshama of that collective tree of the Avis, Shvatim, and so on, Davra Melech. And not only Davra Melech, we should, we should understand that Davra Melech is not just one out of 600,000, right? Or one out of uh, 100 million, whatever it is. Because I'll say that there are four raglayim for the Merkava, there are four feet for the chariot. And as all of Klai Yisrael can be summed up as Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, David. And so David Melch is not just one, uh, one, one yid that happens to be special. There's something very special about Nishmas David. But, but Mashiach is David Melch from that external tree. He's the fourth leg, Avram, Yitzhak, Yaakov, David. So he's David. But Nishmas Mashiach is also David Sheba Moshe. So it's the regular David and also the David of Moshe Rabbeinu. That deeper tree of Moshe Rabbeinu also has a David of Melch. And that's, that's what makes David Melch unique. We saw this from the Gorin Sanhedrin, <coughs> that Rav, it's a whole shock of the Gemara, but Rav said that Lassa Lavi, the Rav Hashem, is going to send Mashiach, and Mashiach is going to be not only David, as the Pasuk says, that David Melch is going to be our king, be our Nasi, but Mashiach is going to be David Acher, another David. And the way we explain from the Rechaim HaKadosh, it means David and David Sheva Maisha. So that's the Kli, that's the vessel. You have that Kli, oh, now you can have Irish al-Mashiach, now you can have Gula. This, is the, this description of there being the Neshama of Mashiach set up with its infrastructure, with these two parts of David and David Sheva Maisha. And then when you have that, then sort of lights go on and everything has to be plugged in and everything's Gavaldic. It's like you have a lamp. And the, uh, you know, all the wiring is, is, is good, but now you've got to plug it in. So you've got to first set up the wiring, and then you can plug it in. So the, all the wiring, that's called Mashiach, that's called Nishmas Mashiach, that's called David and David Shavu Maisha, then you've got to plug it in. When you plug it in, and the wiring is all set up, now it lights up and everything is great. So that lighting up effect, plugging it into the wall and allowing the light of Gula to, to then now to be drawn into the world through that infrastructure... In the rise of the Ramchal, that's called, for example, the Keser of Mashiach, the crown of Mashiach. The Ramchal talks about this, how you have two, there's two separate things. There's Mashiach himself, the Neshama of Mashiach that we described. But then, like, when everything's ready, when he's ready, and the world is ready, and the Hashem's ready, then the crown descends upon him. And that crown, that's called 
the light of Gula itself. And then it, then it comes. Okay, so what we're going to learn tonight is uh, the following idea. Let me, let me give a little bit of an intro before, to, to give context of what, of what we're going to do. Whenever I give a lot of intros, it's always like I'm, I'm avoiding, you know, it's like I'm trying to find the Pesach a little bit. So it's like this. In, in the Ksav, in the, the Kisari, we find the following idea. Nisham, you know, Chazal say it's famous. You got Yisrael Varais of Akutcher Bichuchad. The Rabbanu Shloilam, Torah, and Klai Yisrael are one. What does it mean we're one? It means that these are three, three uh, uh, categories that sort of reflect each other, right? Who God is, who God is, we don't know. But you can learn a lot about God from Tyra. And you can learn a lot about Tyra from Kal Yisrael. You can learn a lot about Kal Yisrael from Tyra. They, these, these, the, these things reflect each other. Those, those mechtzavais, so to speak. These categories. These, uh, you know, those, those three dimensions parallel each other. So everything that we're going to, that we have learned and will continue to learn about this Indian in Nishamas of Nishmas Mashiach and the Irish Mashiach pulsating through this infrastructure, that's just, that has to tell us something of also what's going on in the world of godliness. And so this, this infrastructure in Nishamas, the, the entire sugya that we just spoke about last week a little bit now, in terms of, of what Geula looks like in Nishama universe, that has to be seen as a parallel to what's also going on in God universe and what's also going on in Tyra universe. And so it has to be seen as, as, again, not just something that stands on its own, but it's reflective of everything that's going on. So that's what we're going to be, we're going to be learning. So again, what we're, 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 what we're now going to do tonight is reorient ourselves to talk about the, the infrastructure I was just talking about last week in Neshamas of David, David Shabbamaisha, and when you have that, then you have the light of Gula coming into the world. Let's now translate that in godly terms in the universe of Elikus, okay? And we'll be able to define this better in, in Elikus. And then Bezashem, next week, we're going to define the same infrastructure in the world of Tyra, okay? And that's where our first practical advice is going to come in of how to, re, how to serve the Rabbanishal, how to <coughs> how to learn Torah, keep mitzvahs, David, and so on, in such a way, in such an infrastructure of Nishmas Mashiach and the light of and the light of Gula, and then all these three mitzvahs, all these three parallel parallels, you know, we'll be able to have a, a clear picture of them. Okay, so again, so last week was was the Indian of Nishmas Mashiach and Gula in in the the universe of the Shamas. Tonight's going to be that Indian in the universe of Elikus. That's why I said it's deep sea diving because it's you know, but it's gonna, but it should be familiar. Okay. Okay. So let's begin. Okay. One last hakdama. Okay. One other hakdama. God Himself, we don't really talk about. God Himself, we don't talk about. So even the highest, highest, highest place, you go all the way up, you climb the ladder to the highest place. We don't. It's not God Himself. It's not the essence. It's all about a revelation. It's all about the light, so to speak. Thank you. The light of the Rebbeinu how he's willing to show himself and reveal himself in reality. Okay. So with that being said, <clears throat> the first deepest, highest revelation of Elukus, and that's why in the language, this is good to know, in the language of the Svarim, it's always Elukus. It's not, it's not Eloka, it's not God himself, it's Elukus, it's, it's godliness, it's divinity, it's Gedlachkeit, 
but it's not got alain. You know, you know. It's, it's, so, what is the first? What is the highest, deepest, uh, original? You know, opening scene of Elokos. So it all goes back to the opening line of Darizal in Hitzchayim, which is that in the very, very beginning, before there was anything, there was our Ein Saif, the infinite light of God Himself. That was the first infinite, infinite. Now the, we now what happened then? The Rebbeinu Shlaim. That's the first uh, opening scene, right? But then the Rebbeinu Shlaim wants there to be a world of a finite reality, a finite reality. So the Rebbeinu Shlaim has to sort of hide. That infinite self, and that's that's in the svarim. It's called simsum. It's a whole uh, sugi, whatever. It's a simsum that takes place, and now you have gvul. Now you have the rabbanu shloilam also revealing himself, because everything is the rabbanu shloilam letting us know about him. But the first original giloi was called a giloi of ein Saif, of infinite, and then ever since that point, it's been giluyim, giloi, revelation after revelation opening, uh, coming in contact with God in a way of gvul, a way of finite reality. That's the reality we have. So this is what we're going to be learning tonight, a little bit of that relationship between Ein Saif and gvul. And let me explain why this is Negea. When we talk about the neshama of, let's, let's go back to the neshama language. Okay, there's going to be alternate languages. There's neshamatic language and elacoustic language. The language of, of neshamas, whenever you talk about David HaMelech, that neshama that's called David HaMelech, David HaMelech always, always means malchus. What does malchus mean? Malchus always means something very tangible, very tangible, very down-to-earth, very practical, clean, very, very uh, 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 something, that, something that, that sort of has a beginning, has a middle, has an end. Not something floating in outer space. Something tangible, malchus in the Svarim, uh, the sphere, the mid of Malchus always means Lamat Mesar Tvachim, Lamaisa, down here. The Malchus is responsible to make sure that the, the society, Klaisel, functions in a practical way. So David HaMelech, the Neshama of David HaMelech is always going to be oriented, is always going to mean Gvul, always going to mean something practical, tangible, concrete, as opposed to Avram Yitzhak and Yaakov, let's say, right? Or, you know, the, the other legs of the Merkava, those are more conceptual, theoretical, infinite. In other words, you know, let's say, for example, in, within a person, you know, a per, uh, you know, Avram Avinu means chesed. So it means like the love that you have for your family. That love is within yourself when it's, when it's still within you, it's infinite. It's infinite. What you can say you know, to, if someone if someone needs a pick me up, someone needs some chizik, what you can say to like to make them feel better, you could say anything. So it's like infinite. Gvura, how much strength and yira a person has, is also infinite. And Rachmanis, that's Yaakov, you know how much Rachmanis is also infinite. But in the world of Avramis and Yaakov, it still remains infinite, right? So when you get to Davra Melch, Davra Melch takes that those ideas of Avramis and Yaakov, and now okay, say this. And then when you say when you say something Das is das. That was concrete. So Dovid Melch always means finite and gvul. So let's, let's go back again, going back to the language of Elikos. <clears throat> so we have the first revelation of the Rabbani that's called Ein Saif. Infinite, infinite. And then you have somehow that uh, neck, cut to the next scene. Now you have the Rabbani Shalom revealing himself in gvul, in finite, in finite ways, in the world that we see now. You know, the Rabbani Shalom giving you, in particular, your parnasa, your ideas, your... You're interacting with you in a personal level. That's called gvul. So 
let, let's investigate the sugya of the relationship between that first scene of Ain't and the second scene of Gvul. Okay. Maramaka number one. So this is a piece of Klach Pizchei Chachma. This is from Ramchal in the, one of his major swarm, Klach Pizchei Chachma. So let's read through it together. Huh? Oh yeah? Okay, fine. That's Taka. Okay, fine. So there you go. So the Ramchal writes like this. This is like this. It's 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 clear to us. The the will of Hashem by its by himself. In other words, and Hashem's and Hashem's abilities. Again, not Hashem in his essence, but in terms of that first scene. Who built the Tachlas? The Rabbana Shalom is infinite. So Rabbana Shalom is infinite. And because of that, Alkain, Loi so a person shouldn't think, it's obvious, that the world that we have right now, with all of its specific details, this is as much as God could have made. Obviously not. The Rabbanu Shalom is, that, that, you know, not only could God have done it, but even that first scene of infinite light could have produced anything. I mean, literally, it's infinite. It could have produced a universe of infinity. Obviously, that first scene could have produced anything that we could, that, that the Rabbanu could have imagined. I mean, anything. It could, the world could have been produced from that first scene as infinite. Mm-hmm. The Rabbanu didn't want that. The Rabbanu didn't want that. Why? Not for, not for now. The Rabbanu did not, did not then carry on the, 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 the experience of creation, the act of creation, with his infinite ability, who built it with its unending uh, power, Rather, the Rabbanu decided <coughs> that despite the fact that, that the, the first scene is infinite, and the first revelation is infinite, the Rabbanu decided that he's going to then go on to create a world with, a, with, with finite with finite, with a finite revelation. Because of obviously some purpose that he has in his mind, and this ultimate purpose, uh, it should have a finite world. Whatever, that's, that's the idea. Nimsa, so comes out, says Rechal. Sha'afal pishu built itachas misaratzmis, even though the Rabbanu Shalom is infinite in that first scene, in, that, in, his, in, in himself, Kiviyachal. Ozav is built itachlis of Habriya. The Rabbanu Shalom sort of stepped, you know, pushed aside that infinite quality in order to create a finite world. Now, what the Rechal is hinting to between the lines is the following idea, and it goes back to Rishayim, which is as follows. It sounds a little bit, a little bit out there, but here's the idea. <coughs> this, the, 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 there's a line from the Rishonim which goes as follows: that for something to be truly infinite, here's the line: for something to be truly infinite and bilti baltachlis without any limitations at all, it means that within that infinite, there has to be also the power of finite. So it says the like this: when we talk about the first scene and the second scene, infinite and now finite, it's not the pshat. First was infinite. The Rishonim said, you know what? That's very nice, but you know what? I scratch that. Not a good idea. Let's just start something new, a new revelation that's called finite. Rather, the Ramchal is saying as follows. Everything starts off from that first revelation that's called infinite. But contained in that infinite first revelation was also what was eventually going to be finite too. And because for something to be truly infinite, it has to have everything. And everything also means finite. So there's such a thing as the language of the Rishonim is Kayach HaGvul, Bibli Gvul. The power of finite within the infinite. So what happened, says Ramchal, it really what creation was, 
was Rabbanu Shalom first showing all of his cards, not all of his cards, but showing uh, this Indian of, of Bli Gavul, of Bli Saif, of Bli Tachlis, and then somehow isolating, that's the Nakuda, isolating the Koyach HaGvul from within that infinite revelation, and now that isolated Koyach HaGvul is going to be where reality comes from. So the Koyach HaGvul, the finite reality that we have, is not just out of nowhere, or it's not a new beginning, it was, an, it was an isolated aspect of what was contained initially in that kayach of Beligvul. Right, Sir Machal? Valke Neumer. So we can say as follows. Shakayach Hazeh Shuasiba, Kvar Nezav Menabilti Baltach Lishesarmi Menu. That this kayach, this finite kayach, which is the cause of the universe that we experience, was always within the infinite, and it was just being isolated. The, the decision of the Rebbe was to isolate that Kayach from within the infinite. Now I'm going to give you a mushal very soon to, to describe this a little bit more in human terms, but this is the idea. Now what this, tell, what this does for us is two things. Number one, It means that the finite universe that we experience right now has a pl- had a place in Ein Saif. It's not altogether something new, that the Rabbanu Shalom took away the first scene and now started fresh again with another scene that's called finite reality. No, no. Finite reality also originated within infinite. It's just the Rabbanu Shalom isolated that nakuda of finity, of, of, of gvul, that was within bli gvul. So number one, bli, the kaych of gvul is not something new. It always was in Ein Saif. And we'll see why that's important in a moment. Bays And another nakuda is like this. Shebiyoyz kalulis be'ein Saif because of that, once you have this idea that the Kayach of Gavul originally started off as part of Bli Gavul, it means that, most, that it's most likely to think of this is that the, that, that the version of Gavul that we see it now was not always like this. Because when Gavul, when that power of finite is still part of the universe of believable, it's probably not the same. It doesn't look the same as when it's isolated. If, if the power of Gavul was its own creation on its own, okay, then this is what it always looked like. But if, if the Kayach of Gavul originally started off as part of believable, then whatever is part of believable is probably different than anything we've ever experienced. So that means two things. It means that the universe of Gavul that we experience now started off as Ein Saif and just emerged out of Ein Saif or was isolated from Ein Saif. And with that isolation, with that you know, sort of merging out of that ocean of infinity, it also takes on a little bit more of a, of a new dimension to it. Not completely new, but it looks different. Now let me, let me give you a marshal. This is a theory. Not, not theory, but this is uh, theoretical still, you know, so it's not, not tangible. So let me give you an example, a mashal that they give in Chabad Chassidus to explain this. I'm not sure how much more tangible this is. I, I, if, if you've ever... Okay. You have, to, you, have to, you have to think about it and sort of like uh, meditate on it to, like, to chat this properly. Okay, let's say you're giving, let's say you're giving a shir. Imagine yourself as a Magid shir. Rosh Hashiva, so a big, you know. So, Rosh is not, you know, a big, a big Magid shir is not just like, you know, saying a shir. Let's say he, he has a certain Tyra. You know, it's on, let's put it this way. 
he has, it's on the schedule he's going to give a shir. So he has to come up with a shir. That's so what he's going to do. The Rosh Hashiva or the Magad Shir, the Tzaddik, whatever it is, is unable. Eventually, he, he okay. Eventually, it's, you know, uh, comes the time for the Shir, nine o'clock, so he's there and he's talking. Okay, but that, that's, that's, that's the final, st- the words that actually come out of the, of the, of the, of the Rosh Hashiva's mouth, that's cool, that's finite. Oh, that's a finite universe. They tell me they were sitting there, they're hearing it. Well, I hear it. These are sentences. There's a pause, there's a comma, there's a beginning, there's a middle, there's an end. Okay, Zakai Chagvul. But that didn't come out of nowhere. There's an origin for where that shear came from. And if you trace the steps, here's how it goes. What really started off was, in the mind of the Rebbe was a wordless idea. It really wasn't even an idea that had words to it. It was just a truth in the Rebbe's mind. It's very hard to convey this in words, but it's, it's just an idea. It's just a truth. But then, you can't, but, but like, nine o'clock is coming, and you have, you have to say something. So, like, you can't just... So, then what, what the Rebbe has to do is to take that wordless truth that he knows intellectually, that even... That it, it's, a, it's a truth that, that could explain countless sugyas in Shas, but the Rebbe's not even thinking about sugyas yet. It's just, it's, it's, it's an akud of truth. But eventually he has to say a shir at nine o'clock. So he has to start traveling from that wordless truth in his mind that's somewhat infinite in potential of how to package it to actual words coming out of his mouth at nine o'clock. So how do you make that? So what's the, what's the travel? So what the Rebbe has to do is to begin to be malvish and to begin to clothe that idea and to find different ways how to package it. Like there's a famous story with Rechaim Brisker, I mentioned this many times. Rechaim Brisker is a kid who was pacing back and forth and basically lady finds him like, this. What's, what's going on? He says, I have a terror, I just don't have a kasha. <laughs> that's a deep vart. That's a deep vart because very often in real deep shiurim, that's how it begins really sometimes where there's, an, like, there's a truth, there's a terror, but you have to find a kasha that it answers. And so the Rebbe, what he does in his mind is he begins to look for kashas. And he begins to look for levushim, for ways to package it. And there's a certain hergish that the Rebbe might feel intuitively of like, I think that sugi is probably a good way to go. And it's all with the objective of eventually finding words to say at nine o'clock, but he has to get there. And then eventually all the levushim are packaged and it's gewaldic, but it's still not ready to be set over. It's still not ready to be set over. Because it's still, because now that wordless idea now has an infinite amount of words. So what the Rebbe then has to do is whittle it down and whittle it down and whittle it down till he is able to not just pick the perfect examples or the right sugis or the right kashas, but also not but kashas that, that others can hear and others understand, but also kashas that convey properly the idea without complication. And then what happens is finally, oh, now in the tail end of his mind, so to speak, there's the shear. But even when he has that, like, captured, it still doesn't have all the words that he's going to say. It's still wordless. But at least I'll go upon him like you know, it's like uh, it's like you, if you, use, like you use your imagination like uh, an icicle. There's no shaykhist, but let's see, you have an icicle and it's like melting. So it's like the drip it, it's still, you know, it, it's like holding at the, the very tip of it. It doesn't drip off. When it drips off yet, that's, 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 that's now a, a drop of water. 
But right now it's still an icicle. But Al-Kopanim, it's the tail end of the icicle. It already is beginning to tape shape as a drop of water, despite the fact that it's still part of the universe of, a, of an icicle. That's what happens in the Rebbe's mind, where, where, where there is a shear now. There now is a concrete, finite shear. But it's still part of that infinite icicle you know, of the Rebbe's mind. Where it, where, and, and, and it's still therefore able to be manipulated and changed. And, and, and even before the Rebbe begins to speak, he could change it in his mind to take off that lavush, take off that kasha, and replace with that kasha. Because it's finite, but it's still, not, it, it's still attached to the icicle. But then what happens is, is then the Rebbe actually begins to talk. And then when the Rebbe actually begins to talk, it means the droplet of water is now detached from the icicle, and thus is done. And you can't get the words back. And that, that also comes with a process of constriction. Where it's like even when the words, that he, even after the, the, the formulation of the shear, as it is in the end of the Rebbe's mind, but it's still the end of the Rebbe's mind. So it's still, it's still different than what the Talmud is able to receive. And eventually when the word comes out, the Talmud hears the words as the Talmud is able to hear it. And it's sort of, it's sort of, it, 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 it parallels, it certainly, it certainly looks similar to, you know, to what it was as the tail end of the Rebbe's mind, but it's not the same. It's not the same. But this is the process that goes on. This is maybe, this is a classic Moshul and Chabad. So it's a little, it's, uh, it's, it's a little bit heavy. But you can think of this also, you know, that's, an idea, that's in terms of ideas. You can also have the same dynamic in terms of emotions. That emotions is the same thing, a certain feeling of love. A certain, a certain feeling of like of of being emotionally charged, and you don't even know what that means or how to articulate it, and it's not going any particular angle, but just you know, a person's on fire with something, and so then, in their in their mind, they begin to sort of find a target for that feeling in a good way. You find a target for that feeling, and then when you are able to even articulate it in your own mind what you feel towards that person, let's say you love, or that you care about. So now the, the feeling has first started off as wordless and without a vessel. And now you've found a vessel, you found words to contain it, but it's still within your own heart and mind. So it's still infinite and it's still more than the person can hear. And then you actually go to the person and try to articulate your feelings to them. And so what you articulate should you know, reflect the words that you have in your head but we all know that it's not going to be the same when they hear it as what you mean. It's just, uh, it doesn't work like that. So we have this idea, <coughs> this is what the Rechal is talking about. So you have finite reality. You have finite reality. Finite reality, by the Rabbanu Shalman, means like the actual shir that comes out of his mouth, Kivyafo. Yehi ar. Tad she'ar. It's na'asa adam. These are the words. That's the shir that the Rabbanu Shalman says. But says the Rechal, but it didn't come out of nowhere. It started off as Ein Saif. And it starts off as Ein Saif, it means that, like the Rechal says, it means that there is also a version of that world of Gavul within Ein Saif, just like the, the tip of water at the end of the icicle. There was a, a Yihi'ar statement of the Rabbani Shlailam that existed in that, in that first sentence of Barashas Barley Kim that's infinite. There, contained within that is also the finite statement of Yihi'ar, but it's, but it's still hanging at the edge of the icicle. And then the Rebbe Shalom actually says Yehi'ar, and it's like, okay, now it's, it's, it's sort of reflective of what that statement was inside the, the world of infinite, but it's not the same. 
This is the idea. So the, the, the way of creation, so here's the, so here's the idea. The way of creation is, is that things start off as infinite, but contained within that world of infinite is the potential of finite. And then that finite kayach is isolated, but still within infinite, just like the, the tip of water at the end of the icicle. It's isolated, but still within infinite. And then, it's, then it actually emerges onto the scene of reality, and we see finite, the finite world. That's the process of creation from above to below. But here's the Chiddush. Because of this, what is the purpose of creation? See, the purpose of creation, this is where we're going to transition to the next part, and as a Shem, it should go nice and easy, hopefully. The purpose of creation is for us to be able to experience that original Ain Saif. But, but here, here's the idea. If the the, the, the goal of creation, the Rabbanu Shalom, again, the, the way creation starts, I think, is ain't safe infinite, and eventually, slowly but surely, what emerges out of that infinite light is finite reality. But what is the purpose of that finite reality? What are we supposed to be doing? The answer is what we're supposed to be doing is reverse engineering creation, of going back into that, into that bubble. Going back into that bubble. But here's... And that's the ultimate tachlis. This is what the Rambam says at the end of Mishnah Torah when he describes Yomaisa Mashiach, which is leading to the purpose of creation, that the, the experience of life will be umal Hashem to experience the knowledge of God, like waters that fill the ocean. Waters that fill the ocean, even Chazal have a Lushan in the Gemara Yavamis of Mayim Sheinlam Saif, waters that are infinite. That description of the Pasuk and the Rambam is saying is the tachlis of Yomaisa Mashiach, <clears throat> That's a description of what the purpose is, which is for us to sort of break out of this finite reality and be able to experience God in an infinite way. But here's the nakuda: if the fi- if, if if so, so the, here, here's the question the first to deal with, and I'll, and I'll and I'll and I'll circle back in a second. Well, if that's the tachlis, then like, what was the purpose of all of this? Like, everything started off infinite anyway. Like, what are we what are we going through? going through all difficulties and difficulty, a finite life just to bring everything back the way it was. But here's the Nakuda. Because finite reality originated as part of infinite, so there's an amazing possibility, which is that you don't have to sacrifice your finite quality in order to find yourself back in infinite. If finite reality was something altogether different than infinite, then you have to make a choice. Either you're going to be in finite reality, scene two, or, or no scene two, just scene one. And then, like, okay, so what's the tachlis? So Rabbi Shalom first has scene one, infinite, and Hashem says, okay, you know what? That'll be for later. And then another Indian, gavol, for 6,000 years, gavol. And then, you know what? Forget scene two, go back to scene one. So let's all tachlis. The answer is, the tachlis of creation is for a universe to work through the Indian of gavol and to solidify what it means to be a yid in a finite way, in a way, in specific ways, to have a, a real sense of your identity, to have a sense of self in a holy way, to, to have a strong, healthy, holy dikka gvul. But for that gvul, for that energy of gvul, which through the creative process, through creation, was isolated from its origin in Ein Saif, and for that kayecha gvul to reverse itself, to go in reverse, and to return into that universe of Ein Saif. But because it originally comes from Ein Saif, and it went through 6,000 years 
of fortification, of of diktuk and mitzvahs and halachas and Yiddishkeit, of solidifying the infrastructure of finite, what's able to happen now is that it's able to then return into that universe, that bubble, to experience itself as part of infinite without becoming lost in that ocean. That's the purpose of creation. But this is only true because of this Yisrael of the Ramchal, that finite originally started off as infinite. So it's not a stira that you have to erase one thing to replace it with something else. They, they originally come from the same thing. But through the, through the process of creation, by isolating the Kayach of Gvul and giving it Torah and mitzvahs, right? And giving, giving Yidin in this universe of Gvul the necessary tools to mechazik itself and to strengthen and, and, and purify this inyan of finite reality, then now this finite reality can be returned, mamish like pressing rewind, and returned back into Ain Saif without becoming lost in the process. It doesn't have to become lost because it was originally part of Ain Saif as well. But in the beginning, it never, it, it, it never had time to shine on its own, so it was never noticeable. But by the time, by the time, you know, like, like, like if you could imagine, it doesn't work like this, in, in physical terms, but if you can imagine the shear coming out of the Rebbe's mouth and the Talmud hearing it, if the Talmud hearing that shear, like there is now a path for the Talmud to sort of get back into that wordless concept in the Rebbe's mind, because it, because there was a clear process of how that wordless truth in the Rebbe's mind eventually turned into that shear coming out of his mouth. If the Talmud, but, but, but the Talmud, but without it going through those processes and steps of eventually taking on its own, you know, it, its own identity as the words of the shir that the Talmud hears, then the Talmud, would not, the, 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 the Talmud wouldn't have any, any way to grasp that wordless truth of the Rebbe. But because the wordless truth of the Rebbe was able to go through this process of isolation, and constriction to eventually lead into a tangible shear that the Talmud can hear, that, ta- that tangible shear is the result of that word, it's, it's, it's the culmination of that wordless truth in the Rebbe's mind. So there's a way of, 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 of going back. And this is in fact what Chazal say. Chazal say that like, that when a person is a Talmud of a Rebbe, after 40 years, you could reach the Madrig of your Rebbe. So what does that mean? I'm sitting by the shear. I hop exactly what he's talking about. It doesn't mean what after forty years, like it's just the kasha, the, the shear was so difficult. Only forty years, I hop it. That's not true. You hop right away. So what does it mean after forty years? You're finally oimin al das rabbi. You finally get what your rabbi was talking about. The answer is, you got right away the words that came out of his mouth. What the gemara is saying is, but after forty years, you can return to that wordless space in your rabbi's mind where you're like the rabbi himself. What happens over forty years? After 40 years, you, you, you take what you became through those words that the Rebbe said, and you fortify yourself, yourself, and you can travel backwards. You could go back into the, into the icicle, where now you're the icicle. But because you spent time as a droplet outside the icicle, despite the fact that the droplet came from the icicle, you could go back to being the icicle and still be you in the icicle. And this is what it means that the Talmud, after 40 years, becomes the Rebbe. That's not by listening to more shir per se, that's by reverse engineering the shear, by slowly but truly becoming a person that, that you, you use the shear, the, the words that the Rebbe says, to return to where the origin point was, where you become the Ramchayim, who has a terrorist but not a kasha. 
That, that, that's the process. And that's exactly what creation is. So in other words, let's, 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 let's translate this in Nishama terms. The ultimate ghoul is what? The ultimate ghoul is ain't saif, is infinite. Is that original scene one to return to reality. But the only way how that's possible is if we have something in infrastructure that, that allows for the finite world that we have to see itself as still true, but yet at the same time, the path back through infinite. That's what you need. Again, you, you, need, you need two things. You need the finite quality to be strong in its own right, otherwise it will get swallowed up in that ocean of oneness, of, of infinity, and there's no Talmud anymore. So you need a Talmud to be strong and to have a sense of self. You need the, so let's give the example of the Talmud. After those 40 years, that Talmud better have his own Tyra. And that Talmud better have his own Shirim and his own, and his own Chidushim. And now, after having his own Chidushim, obviously based on everything he received from his Rebbe, all the Chidushim that he came up with in his own life is fortifying who he is as an individual, but yet at the same time, knowing that everything he is as an individual can find its roots and its source back in that icicle of the Rebbe. And so after 40 years, he's able to return into that space of the Rebbe's mind, but not completely lost in it because he spent 40 years developing himself as well. And so this is what goes on with Gula. The Rabbana Shalom with Mashiach wants to reveal that first scene. But in order for that to happen, we need two things. We need this world, the world of Gavul, to be stark and strong and holy and pure and good. But we also need at the same time the world of Gavul to see its origin in that world of infinite. And when it has these two qualities of knowing what it is, stark, stark, but also at the same time knowing where it comes from, stark, stark, then you could experience Ein Saif. You could, you could find, you could become lost in your Rebbe if number one, you're a very strong individual person with your own Chidush Yitaira, but and knowing deeply that everything you have is, is actually, and you could, you, could, uh, you, know, and you could draw a path where it's all coming from, from your Rebbe. When you have those two things, then you could eventually, then the Rebbe will allow you to be your Rebbe. Exactly. That's exactly it. The finite becomes the infinite without, without losing its, its quality of self. In other words, to, ca- to capture in the following words, that the ultimate goal is for us to be able to, to be typhus, to capture what's be'etzim incapturable. That's gula. In order for gula to happen, therefore, Mashiach, the infrastructure has to be David and David Shebemaisha. What does David mean and what does David Shebemaisha mean? David always means malchus, it means practical, it means das is das. David means the shear that came out of the Rebbe's mouth. David Shebemaisha means what the droplet of water is at the tail end of the icicle. Or what the, sh- let's keep the mashalom, I guess, the same, right? Okay, let, let, let's be consistent. David means the droplet of water when it's off the icicle. David Shebemaisha means the droplet of water when it's still the tail end of the icicle. David means the shear that comes out of the Rebbe's mouth, that's captured on, 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 on recording. David Shebemaisha means the, the shear as it's, as, it's, as it's organized in the Rebbe's mind, the tail end of the Rebbe's mind. Mashiach himself has to have these two qualities. Stark sense of self, that's David, but also an intimate knowledge of where he's coming from within Ein Saif, that's called David Shebemaisha. You have that, then you can have Gula.
Then you can have gula. And this is the secret of gula, of re- reverse engineering creation without losing creation. Now take a look at some of the Marmachimus. We'll run through it quickly now. <coughs> so take a look at Marmachimus number two. This is a piece from the Pisgah Sharon. Pisgah Sharon was a, was a, uh, um, is a chover. He was a Talmud of a Talmud of the Vilna Gain. So despite the fact that he was coming from the base manager of the Vilna Gain, his, his style is very Ramchal, very from the base manager of the Ramchal. There's a, it's a side issue. It's, it's an interesting thing. There's a big debate amongst the Talmud Hagra whether the way of the Ramchal, the way of the Gra was the way of the Ramchal or was it something else. So we, everyone knows that the Ramchal held the, the, the Gain held the Ramchal in, in the highest of esteem. But in terms of his approach in Kabbalah, that's a matter of debate. But the Pisgah Sharm, who was a Talmud of a Talmud of the Gra, certainly goes with the Ramchal and certainly would hold the Gra, the Gra, the Gra, the Gain as well was like that. But this is what the, the, the Pisgah Sharm writes: Shabbos Ikra The purpose of creation ultimately is for us to experience the Shleimus of Hashem, so to speak, meaning Habilti Baltachlis. Scene one, the infinite power of God. Just the Rabbanu decided for us to be able to experience that initial scene, that light of infinite, in a way that doesn't overwhelm us. So we have to go through, you know, thousands of years of finite, of, being, of, being, of the finite kayach, of that droplet of water being isolated with all the avayda that's required in that finite space. By going through, you know, we have free will, we have avayda. And once that droplet of water is fortified, stark, after years of avayda and choosing well and chuv and so on, now it can, it could, it could now be given the path back to infinite without becoming lost in that ocean. Then it will return to that place of good and that place of einsayf. But it has to, therefore, has to have the two ingredients. It has to be stark within itself, and it also has to be given the direction of how to find itself back to Ein Saif. That's David and David Shavimaisha. Another Maramakim. Um, take let's go. Let's skip to Maramakim number four. So this is uh, I, I've quoted this this uh, in you before. This is from Maimer Shnei Iris. This is from <coughs> well, the great Chassidim uh, Vitzavach Tzedek Rafil Paracher. So he says like this. So he's talking about this idea that like what Mamash with the Pesach mentioned, or the Ramchal as well, that the Tachlis is for us to go back to that first scene of Ein Saif. So he said like this, you could think about it, Does that mean that we won't remember anymore what it was like to be finite? Well, Mamash like delete everything of scene two was like just like a game. Or does it mean that when we go back to that original scene of Ein Saif, maybe there'll still be some purpose of the fact that we just went through thousands of years as in finite reality? Like, so, so which one is it? Is it just like go delete mamish, or or somehow it's still purposeful? So he says, what we received, this is going from the way of the Baal Shem, but as you just saw, the Ramchal, the Goyen, it's the same thing. The, the Baal Shem said the following thing, So this is the Kabbal that we have for the Baltanya going back with this mashal. Let's say you have one big barrel of wine. And they took that wine and poured it into many different cups, many different kalim. You know, the cups of different sizes, different shapes, different colors. Now, fine. And a good connoisseur knows that because of oxidation and different types of kalim, every wine comes from the same place. But once it's in a different cup, it tastes different. 
So he says, well, then what do you do? Then you take all those cups, then you put it back in the barrel. So then what happens? A good, a good nose and a good uh, you know, uh, taste will be able to tell. When the guy drinks from the barrel, they say, you know, this is a, it's coming from the one barrel, but this drop came in between was in this type of cup, and this drop in between is a different type of cup. So you see, even though you go back to the same place, you still have an identity from, from where you came from. And so this is, this is the Avoidah. This, this is what Gula means. To having David, which means your identity now, st- holy, strong identity now. Maisha, uh, David Shem knowing that your identity now has its roots in Ain't Saif. And when you have that in place, after 40 years, you can become your Rebbe. And you can go back to Ain't Saif. And that's Mamish what Gula is. Take a look at... Uh, just to finish, let's take a look at Marmok number six. So, this is the the Rambam again. The the, the Rambam towards the end, uh, uh, actually the end of Mishnah Torah, Hilchas Malachim. So, this idea of what we're talking about of 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 a Geula being part of Ein Saif, but still retaining an identity of Gevul to experience that, and that requires a path. Uh, this it all comes back from this Ramchal, which is that Gevul started off as Ein Saif. Because again, remember, if Gavul was something different than infinite, if infinite did not contain, at least potentially, that which is finite, then, 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 then you, you can't mix the two. Then, then you have to make a choice, either infinite or finite. But because initially, finite started off as infinite, and it just was isolated, okay, so now you could reverse engineer, bring it back. So that's the, that's the idea. So it says around like this. But I says, man, <coughs> During the times of Mashiach, there won't be famine, there won't be war, not jealousy, not fighting. There'll be an abundance of good, an abundance of good. The whole madanim and all delicacies will be like dirt. It's, uh, that's how much good. The, the, the involvement of the world will be for one thing, which is to serve, to know Hashem. So the Jewish people therefore will be very wise. And know hidden things. And understand the, 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 and reach the level of understanding their Creator based on the, the ability of a human being. Now the Rambam threw in a lot of things over here, which is not usual. The Rambam could have just said at that time, okay, at, at that time everything will be good. But the Rambam kept on saying like negative, right? There won't be bad. There won't be mochama. There won't be this. Goodness will be in abundance. It'll be like dirt. What's, what's the Rambam trying to say with this? What the Rambam is trying to, tra- what he's trying to convey is the following idea, is that the goodness of Yomaisa Mashiach is, is ain't saif. It's, it's within, it's, it's, why, why do we call, let's put it this way, why do we call that initial scene ain't saif? The, the scene, the light without end. Why not something positive? Why not say what it is? The answer is, because something that's infinite, you can't say what it is. You can say what it's not. You can say that it doesn't have an end. But by its very definition, you can't say what it is. If you say what it is, it means you just put it fine, you made it finite. You can't capture it. You can say that you can't capture it. That's what I'm saying. What I'm saying is that it will be a time without war, without bad things, Without any of that stuff. It's a time of infinite. But then the Rambam goes on to say, but there will be good. Which means, there, there will be things that you can capture. What the Rambam is conveying is these, and, and, so, and then, so, in other words, what the Rambam is, is describing physically, by Yomayis Mashiach, 
is these two elements of us being able to articulate and to capture something that's incapturable. That the, 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 the good of life will be infinite, but yet will be a part of it to experience. And then the Rambam basically says the same thing, just instead of talking about Gashmias, now he talks about Avodis Hashem and Ruchnias, that the world will reach, will be focused on serving, on knowing Hashem, okay? And then the Rambam says, and we'll, we'll know hidden things, we'll reach the understanding of our Creator to the extent of our ability. Well, isn't that true now? I mean, like, I don't know, to whatever your extent of your ability is, like, let God make it bigger. Like, the whole idea over here is like, it's going to be amazing. But he has that little caveat, as much as you can. You know, that's a little bit of a... The answer is, what, what the Rambam is saying is, that's the biggest mila. Because what we're saying is that Taket's going to be infinite. They'll reach the, the understanding of their creator. That's called infinite. But in a way that won't overwhelm your kaychas. He's not saying, he's not trying to limit your understanding with that statement. He's trying to say that you won't be overwhelmed by that. And that you'll still be a you. Just like the, the Gashmis of Yomais Mashiach reflects the Ruchnis of Yomais Mashiach. The Gashmis is infinite, but, 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 uh, uh, but practical and tangible at the same time. The Ruchnis is also the same thing. And all of this is exactly what's going to happen in the world of Yomais Mashiach. And in the soul dynamic of Yomais Mashiach is this idea of Nishmas Mashiach is David, David Shabbamaisha, and from that infrastructure, now you have, now you have Gul itself. And what is Gul itself? Take a look at Marmaka number seven. Marmaka number seven, this is from the Sefer Taris Chaim, this is from the Tzavach Tzedek. Uh, I'm sorry, the, uh, the Mitla Rebbe. So the Mitla Rebbe writes, <coughs> in Parshas B'Shalach, is that in, you know, some of this we can't really you know, translate so much, but you'll get the gist. Hopefully. What does it mean? Moshe Rabbeinu is a servant of Hashem. Aren't we all servants of Hashem? What does it mean? Moshe Rabbeinu is a It means there's two ways Yud there's two, so to speak, two names of Hashem. There's Yud Kevavke in scene two, like the finite revelation of God, and then there's Yud Kevavke of scene one. Moshe Rabbeinu himself is Yud Kevavke of scene one. Infinite. And the truth is, and because of that, we were never really truly, we never truly grasped Moshe Rabbeinu's greatness. Even when he passed away, the Jewish people had more availance for Aaron than we had for Moshe. Moshe Rabbeinu comes down from the mountain and he has to wear a veil over his face. We weren't, we weren't Typhus Moshe Rabbeinu. We didn't have the Kalim for it. We didn't have the Kalim for it. The Nishmas Moshe Rabbeinu, Moshe Rabbeinu himself, is custom made to be the vehicle through which the essence of infinite is, it comes into reality. But poil mave, shalmal, more than kavanis, more than reasons, infinite, infinite. That's why Moshe Rabbeinu is the one that gives us mitzvahs. And mitzvahs you can fulfill whether you, realize, whether you know what you're doing or not. See, it's, if you think about it, if the light of God that Moshe Rabbeinu is bringing to us is a finite light, then the Yiddishkeit that should be produced from that is a Yiddishkeit that should, that should be uh, uh, that should be graspable and should depend on your graspability. So how is it possible that you could do a mitzvah without kavanah your yaitzah? The answer is because Moshe Rabbeinu brought to us a Yiddishkeit that's coming from an infinite place. So you can't grasp it anyway. So it's not obvious that I have kavanah. So you have kavanah to be yaitzah Krishma. You think you know Krishma is any, You don't even know Krishma is any. If you have kavanah, you don't know Krishma is. So it's enough to be it. 
But the, the, the etzim mitzvah is ingraspable anyway. Moshe Rabbeinu, why is Moshe Rabbeinu the one to do that? Because Moshe Rabbeinu is coming from that place in the Shama language. Another, again, all these parallel parallel dimensions. So in Elokus language, we have three qualities, right? You have infinite, you have finite as the tail end of infinite, and you have finite in isolated from infinite. So in translating that in a Shammah language, you have the following. Infinite means Moshe Rabbeinu himself. Finite, isolated, from the drop of water detached from the icicle, that's David. The ice of the, 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 the droplet of water, at the end of the icicle, that's called David Shammah Moshe. So you have infinite, you have finite Sheba infinite, that's David Shammah Moshe, and then you have finite itself, that's David. So, and so, so, in other, so what we're seeing over here is, if you want to capture what Gula is, means you have an infrastructure that's called David and David Shabbat Maisha, and what's revealed through that, Maisha Rabbeinu himself. So Maisha Rabbeinu himself is the light of Gula. Maisha Rabbeinu himself parallels the infinite light of God that's able to be experienced once you have a stark David and David Shabbat Maisha. And that's what makes, and, and that's what we're waiting for. Maisha Rabbeinu is ready, Infinite is ready to come, right? It's ready to be built. What we're waiting for is David to be shocked and David Shabbat Maisha, huh? Yeah. You need the finite to be, to be healthy and strong within itself and also to find its path into the infinite and then, then Maisha Rabbeinu is there anyway. Now, the, that's where he ends off. The Nims to the last line. Shabbat Maisha, Lamali, Machinus, Madragas, Mashiach. Means Maisha himself is higher than this because Mashiach is David and David Shabbat Maisha. But Maisha himself is original Mashiach, is the Kesser, the crown. That's Maisha Rabbeinu himself. So we have now the infrastructure of Gula in Neshama language. We have it in Elokus language. And the only thing we're missing now is what, the, the infrastructure of Gula in Avaidadika language, in Tyradika language. So that's what we're going to see next week. What does this look like in Avaidah Sashem to have a David, have a David Shabbat Maisha. And when you have that, to allow Maisha Rabbeinu to be revealed through that. So what does that look like in davening and learning and mitzvahs? And that'll be, the, that'll, that'll, that'll explain to us what, uh, what Avaidah Hashem, that's Gula-oriented, looks like. That's the, uh, that's the Avaidah. Okay. You made it. You made it. Okay.